Welcome back to Podcast Radio. I'm Andy. I'm Joe. And it's the first episode of November. November. Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. Eat like a pig. My birthday. Expect something good this year, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I got you. I got you taken care of. Oh, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to like it. <laughs> Ding well, dong. Yeah. Flaming he, bag of she on my door. Oh, no. He'll be holding it. And oh. he'll have a little jam box with him. And <laughs> so just enjoy the show when he comes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we made it through October. Yeah. And we're here. So it's um, all new topics again. We can we can branch out, do different things. So it'll be good. It'll be good. Keep the requests coming. All the, all the I guess, recommendations, ideas. Super cool. And uh, I was I wanted Joe to do his um, Robin Leach impression. Oh, that's that's really good. good. His was real good, but he won't do it. Man, that was good. <laughs> you got made me go away. Uh, uh, I brought him back from the dead. It's a little bit of the leftover seance from October. There you go. Well, does he die normal? Because he's rich. Or I did guess he die special. I I don't know. Huh. Anyways, lifestyles of the rich and prosperity evangelist. We may offend some people, but that's okay. Did you find out any favorites that you had that you looked up? You know, it's uh, I'll go back to, again, and I may refer to this a lot, grew up in a church circle. Some of these people that I looked up, we were like, man, that's the man, that's the guy, that's the this. And then all these things surfaced about them and what they were really like, and you're like, uh, no bueno. Man, what were you doing? What was I thinking? You know, what was I, why did I drink the Kool-Aid thinking, man, that's the way I, it should be. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's bad. Well, I just looked up the the biggins. The biggins? Mm-hmm. Ooh, tell me who your top biggin was. Um, uh, there's at least three. The, uh, the top three. Okay, I'll do the top three. So, Kenneth Copeland. Yep, that's one. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to put the Crazy Eyes video in there. You know oh, which one man. I'm talking about? Yeah. Like he's that. So that lady's interviewing him and she's like, well, you know, why do you need a third jet or something like that? You know, do you really need that? And I don't know what set him off, but he's like pointing his finger at her and he looks like a, like he's possessed. Yeah. He's like angry, mm-hmm. like really angry. And then he goes from angry to, and then he calls off and he's like, <sighs> creepy smile yeah, yeah. <laughs> like is. he's ready to eat a baby or something yeah <laughs> it, 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 talk about bipolar on camera oh yeah you know he like he wanted to hit her or or, or do something and then he just changed it to that suave mm-hmm. <sighs> then he starts to pray in the middle of it uh-huh. i'm like no buddy you better <laughs> <cry."> <laughs> don't pray now <laughs> well uh it's hit his net worth for a while ago i don't know if it's still this small amount, $760 million. And an interesting mm-hmm. thing about him, he did have a number 12 hit on the top 40 in 1957. Did you know that? I didn't know that. His, his pledge of love made number 12 in the top 40. So I don't know if that was a, a country music song or, or so that's part of his origin. I've never, I've never heard of that. That explains where he got all the millions. The royalties from that song oh, no from, one's ever heard of. Yeah, maybe. Or yeah. he's just been chasing celebrity since he's been born. Maybe so. Maybe so. 
So the second one was Jesse Duplantis. Oh, that's another one. He had a big fat million dollar thing. But this guy reminded me of like Ric Flair if he was yeah. a preacher. Yeah. If you want to beat the man, you yeah. got, or you want to be the man, you, you got to beat, beat the, the man. man. And you're strutting around. <laughs> he has the same like really personality. Like he's yeah. playing a character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like totally. Like whereas Ric Flair. Yeah, I enjoy him playing a character, but probably shouldn't be playing a character when you're on the stage. So I listened to some of his sermons. This Did you? guy is a loony tune. What do you know where he's based out of? Uh Louisiana. Oh, okay. I mean, if you go to his church I believe. Oh my gosh, you gotta be a screwball. So he told a story uh, about, you know, because he's he talks to jesus in real life well he taught yeah in Go real ahead. life tell, tell he, your story he, he was in his office i don't know how long ago this was but jesus came to his office jesus was sad okay <laughs> he had a bad day <laughs> and, and jesse duplantis was like come here jesus and he put his arm around jesus and comforted him and you know made him feel better the son of god was sad jesse duplantis put his arm around him, cheered him up, and, um, you know, he, he, he had a better day after that. Jesus, not Jesse. Well, Jesse was already in a good mood. He's well, already fleeced the whole state of uh, several million dollars. Yeah, yeah. That, I've never heard that one. Oh, yeah. That's from his mouth. Whoa, that's crazy, because I know what you're talking about, because he's the one. He, he does make st comments about, like, that. He, that Jesus did come to him and tell him, Jesse, you need another jet. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you, and the people are going to buy it for you. I heard that one, too. And I'm like, that's what started a whole lot of things for me to start researching. What are they actually doing to get all this money? But to to go further in that, yeah, he said something. And it was he, he, I think it was him and Kenneth Copeland talking about they were in there talking about the jet in a tube of demons and mm -hmm. whatnot. Yeah, Kenneth Copeland doesn't like to... I can't fly in the air in a metal tube with all them demons. <laughs> yes. That guy is freaking nuts. I was about to give you an offering. <laughs> Whip out my dollar. Here. <laughs> That's exactly it. They they sit there and they they go off on this lavish what, but at the expense of their people. You know. Um, in talking with about Jesse Duplantis, that's what started his whole thing of saying, "I want." This, I want that. God said he's going to give it to you because, Jesse, you need it. Jesse, you need to do this. I mean, you're on that first name basis with the, the whole time like that. I mean, last time I th thought something like that happened, God took Enoch with him. Uh, with just, you know, was it Enoch that he yeah. took? Just, hey, come up here because uh, you're spending so much time with me. Mm -hmm. And, but they go off on this stuff and in the interview you're talking about with Kenneth Copeland, he's so angry because he tries to justify all his business ventures, all this that he does. Well, I'm thinking at that point, should you even be drawing any kind of salary from this televangelist type thing anymore? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me, but it's been such a way to make so much money for so long. Mm-hmm. Go back even further into this. You see all these prosperity preachers. One of the richest ones, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, is from South Africa. Isn't that a very like poverty-stricken continent, country, to having these issues? Where does all that money come from? But Kenneth Copeland says his stuff comes from oil, books, 
I mean, I guess Joel Osteen says the same thing. His money comes from books. But he no, he tells you how to feel better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my third one. That was your third one? But yeah, anyway. he is the... He's he's different than the other two. Or the other two are so like, man, prideful, angry. You know, they got like something that wants to come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and uh, Joel Olstein is like a snake oil salesman. Like he's always like, honey. You know? Yeah. And doesn't ever seem to get upset, but. He does have a $2.9 million, his first house. He kept that one. Then he bought another one for $10.5 million. $36,000 plastic surgery. His his jet was $86 million. Oh, he got it on sale? Yeah. Wow. He, he, he got his on sale. That's crazy. $86 million for that jet. And he's out of uh, Houston, right? Uh, somewhere Area, somewhere yeah. in Texas, yeah. Because it. The last big thing was in 2017 when they had the Hurricane, Hurricane Harvey, and he wouldn't let anybody in there. They would, couldn't use it as a shelter initially. You know, yeah. They were like, no, we're not slopping that up with the masses. You know? Right. And then it, it went on the news here, at least. You know, It was kind of big. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. nationwide. Oh, yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he was, oh, no, no. You know, yeah, of course. There's a misunderstanding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Open up the church. Uh-huh. We welcome everybody in. Right. But he's the kind of guy that makes you feel good about giving him your money for whatever reason. But I've never been, I've wanted to always go to one of these churches and mm-hmm. just watch, you know, the security detail, all the stuff they'll have in there and how extreme they go. It reminds me of that show on HBO Max, The Righteous Gemstones. If you ever watch that, it's pretty raunchy, pretty crazy, but it's so true how just it's a business. It's a business. I was hearing a sermon from Jesse Duplantis the other day that he said something talking about his house. He goes, I want to brag on my house. Oh, yeah. I own the biggest house, this and that, biggest this. Just went on. Yep, I do. And what's your point? Yeah, yeah. But he finishes that, not bragging. (laughs) But my chandelier costs more than most of your homes. Oh, yeah. That's what, that's the words out of his mouth. I'm like, what a jack, hey. Exactly. So, and people are out there going, "Amen." Uh-huh. Oh, know? and they're happy for him. Yeah, I'm going to give you some more money. Yeah, because I'm uh, when it comes around, I want that lifestyle, so I'll give it to you, so I can have that lifestyle. It. I just wonder now, what kind of accountability do you think they'd have? What's going to happen to them? Robin Leach, he dead. Did he? I said, did he have a special death? I mean, these guys have taken and demented everything holy with corruption of money into it, every bit of it. I go back on a, our level of things. When I was a kid, we were at a church where every man household had to give $20 separate from whatever they donated. Every month they, were enti- they had to, to pay for the pastor's van that he bought because that's what God wanted them to do. So they had to give the tithe. They had to give the offering, they had to give to the building fund, and then the separate one. And the van belonged to the church? No, it belonged to the pastor. Uh, it, yeah. was a, it, it wasn't like a cargo, like a van to carry people. It was one of those luxury vans with the shag carpet, uh, rotating captain chairs for him and his family to go back and forth to California. Disco ball, Boston Powers van. Pretty much. And that's what everybody paid for. And we had to ask permission to not be at church on a Sunday. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, the control of that side of it. But 
there was one time there was a man in church who wasn't there. In the middle of it, he sent one of the people in the church to go to his house and pick up the offering. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to say to do a wellness check. No, that would have been nice. <laughs> but he went to go pick up, told him to go pick up the tithe and offering. Oh, man. needed that. And the church was just run down, dilapidated, ugly, per se, but yet it was all the monies was going to fund all the stuff he did. He took great trips, all the time great trips. You know, the Lord's going to bless them. Missions and, trips. Uh, no, Disney World. Oh. Uh, just nice trips. Where we were allowed to go out of one time in the summer, and at that point, it was if they allowed it. No Christmas, no trees, no gifts. You could be giving that money to the church. So you were, uh, your family was part of a cult. Yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. So they said, you guys are rebelling. Are we really? Anything that contradicts your motive or puts a hindrance to your... Uh, I guess objective is rebelling, mm-hmm. but none of it was scriptural. And so I later on, we left that place, went elsewhere. Uh, our paths crossed, and he says, I heard you're preaching. I was like, whatever, dude, you're going to talk to me. We had some words. He left, I left. But it was very, um, very different. All that they did, all that they set up, all that he structured, all his little empire, whatever, crumbled. And is it a matter of time, do you think, before these televangelists, they crumble? Because mm. every one of these guys you mentioned are being investigated. Yeah, I'm, and like uh, some of them had, the F- I think Benny Hinn had the FBI and the IRS at his place at one point. There's, he's still in an open investigation. Uh, still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't know. I think uh, eventually it'll get to the point where you can't be tax-free. You know, a church can't. They won't have that 401c3 or whatever. 501c3? 501c3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you won't. I think that's probably going to go away. And, um, and and things like this will help facilitate that on purpose. Oh, yeah. You know, because churches are the only thing that uh, is given any sanity to the world and to help the complete demonic takeover it'd be good to you know start taxing them on all their stuff right these people should be i mean they're living a lifestyle that is just beyond i mean you know as well as i do it's like they're not making this money off of the side stuff that Mm -hmm. much of it yeah to have this style of church but you know my organization is a 501c3. We don't draw any salaries. We give it all right back to our organization, what we do, our school. And in talking to somebody, they mentioned one time, hey, when you start this 501c3, just call it a church. That's how you make all your money. I said, yeah, that would be wrong. It, I, what It'd make me just no better than that. But I just can't seem to wrap my head around how they're constantly reading what's in between Genesis and Revelation, and it hits no type of conviction in their heart to say, man, this is just, look how haughty and, and cocky and arrogant I sound. Oh, the, the these preachers? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, that's more scary what they're doing than any of the witches or demons. Yeah. Any of that. At least they know. You know, do these guys not know? Or do they know and they're still doing it? But I'm like, you're stealing money from mm-hmm. from God. You know. Like they you're, know. You're spinning his Bible into, you know, whatever, to it, a little. 
big web of lies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and it's and it's you're doing they're doing all this stuff and then in the name of God, in the name of this. So I had I, I know someone who is a prosperity type preacher mm-hmm. and I said, Hey, do something just for fun. Try it. Try for a month to bring every sermon, every preaching you bring without one time mentioning money. <laughs> He's like, no. Well, why not? That was a quick no. Mm-hmm. What what about the Great Commission? What about what we were supposed to do? What about helping, serving? You know, if God saves, man serves, how is it that tables have flipped that we're supposed to now just worship these quote-unquote televangelists or these prosperity people? Where is it that if they can do all these said miracles for all these people in, in their church who've paid something, man, why can't he just walk with that anointing through a hospital full of sick children and start, you know, hey, Let's manifest some stuff here. Let's be real about it. Why not? Oh, because there hasn't been any pay. There mm-hmm. isn't any type of compensation. If you look at what it costs to bring these preachers into town, Jesse Duplantis comes to this area quite often. Very often. Oh, I didn't know that. Where does yeah. he go? To a uh, church up north, uh, Odessa Christian Faith Center. Oh, wow. Good buddies. Good buddies. And they're always, he's always up there. Same thing, you know, but he makes people laugh. He's charismatic, he's loud, funny, and guards down, give. to, to You want to live like Jesse? You want to do like this? Then you give. But give. To, why is it the whole, I guess, basis of everything to do? Their, the money. Mm-hmm. Take that out of the equation. Who are they and what do they have? Nothing. Like you said, a wrestler, a show. Mm-hmm. But at least the WWE is entertaining. Yeah. Not this mess. Yeah, it's an experience. Yeah. You know, this, the audience is um, wanting an experience, and they want to feel good. It's like Oprah Winfrey theology, you know? Yes. All you got to do is imagine it, and it can be yours. Oh, yeah. You know, like, That's what Joel Steen said. Larry King called him out. So, Joel, there's so many different religions and whatnot out there. What is the way to heaven? I mean, come on, everybody knows that there's one way. Mm-hmm. Not everybody knows, but everybody should know. Christians, we should know that there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. What does Joel Steen say? There's many ways. Larry, there's many ways. <laughs> <laughs> that's why uh, the last church uh, we, my wife worked at for a number of years, somebody actually gave her a Joel Olstein book. And I'm like, what? And it was, Joel Olstein, live your best life now. Wow. And I was like, oh, here, give me that. So I put a couple devil horns on them, and I gave it a subtitle, If Your Destination is Hell. Nah. Yeah. You know what? And put that book back on the uh, bookshelf. So her, whoever it was that was giving it to her to read would see my artwork on it. Nice. But I'm like, live your best life now. If this is the best there is. Yeah. I'm doing it wrong. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it's wild, isn't it, how mm-hmm. people bought into it so quick because we are a hurting world. We are a failing society. But he brings hope with the price for yourself, a humanistic view. Do for you. Help you. Do better for you. Do, mm-hmm. And it, people just, yeah, well, who doesn't want to be better, do better? So they jump on it. Well, check this out. So I was... 
uh, studying something else, and you can guess where this came from. They seek validation, pleasure, influence, and power. What, what do you think I was studying then? Validation. Uh, cultic uh-huh. stuff? Yeah. That was from a study of cults. Yep. They seek validation. It sounds like Kenneth Copeland, Jesse Duplantis, Joel Steen. Pleasure, definitely, right? Right. Influence, most definitely. And then power. Yeah, they run that place. I All the money goes to their bank account. Right. I had a, uh, a acquaintance who was a devil worshiper. And um, he he told me, he said, you know, our first thing is we read the Bible. They don't read ours. And it's just basically the same thing. But you're your own God. Make you feel better. Mm-hmm. You And we pray on the weak, the outcast. Because nobody wants them, we do. We give them that acceptance. Man, how much, like, how obvious is this what they do? Bring me all the poor people of this church and let me preach that they can do better. They can be prosperous if they give me this and give me that. What what What's next? Mm-hmm. Sad. Very sad. Well, maybe somebody out there goes to Kenneth Copeland or Jesse Duplantis or Joel Steen's church. They could email us. Yes. I would love to have an email and just let's discuss this. I would they Tell us that. where. Because they're, they're there firsthand, so they can tell us where, where, where we may be incorrect, right? Yeah. I would love to discuss it. Okay. Give them that email. Podcast13 at gmail.com. Until next time.